is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hey everybody, it's episode six, just a tip this week, so it'll be a short one, although I kind of have a feeling I might go a couple minutes longer than I normally would for a just a tip episode because I've got an update this week on the abusive buyer situation that I told you about in last week's episode. If you haven't listened to episode five, uh, you can go back and get the context in the background for that. Um, but today's tip is actually going to be geared more towards Canadian sellers. Um, I've had lots of uh, sellers in Canada ask me for Canadian specific content. And so this is going to be the first episode that kind of is more geared towards uh, sellers north of 49. And I'm going to talk about why you should be listing on ebay.com versus ebay.ca as a Canadian seller, as well as some of the pros and cons of that. Um, before we get to it, uh, another plug for the Boss Reseller Remix in October, October 10th to 13th in Las Vegas. I'm going to be speaking at that event, and I'm really excited about it. Hope to see you there. So resellerremix.com, if you can join us, that's where you can get your tickets. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this abusive buyer situation. So I won't go through the whole background of it again, but I did email some of the top brass at eBay regarding a situation I had with a buyer who used a lot of profanities, insults, and threats against me um, regarding the return of some model kits that he had ordered. And I did hear back from one of them. I won't say specifically who, I'll just keep that anonymous for now. Um, but the you know first I got the response of like, you know, I agree, the buyer's behavior is awful. Let me look into it further and get back to you. So I was expecting to hear from that person again directly, but I didn't. Instead, um, they passed the buck on to somebody else working at eBay who didn't actually say what part of eBay they work at. So I don't know what their position is or what office they're in, um, but they wrote me back through uh, eBay messaging to say that they regret the experience that they that I had with the buyer. But I have a few gripes about the way that eBay handled this. I, I don't like that my message was passed along to somebody else who I don't know to handle a problem sort of a little bit more sensitive. Um, I didn't like that. Um, this part of the messaging that I don't like either, um, it says that the that eBay has a zero tolerance policy for members using language that we consider to be defamatory or abusive. And later in the message, it says, we have a range of action that we take. These can include warnings, restrictions, and up to account suspension. That to me does not sound like a zero tolerance policy. It sounds like, well, we'll tolerate some things or we'll allow people to do it once or we'll allow people to do it some discretionary amount of times um, before we suspend their account. A zero tolerance policy applies to me that if somebody does something like this, that their account gets suspended. That's what zero tolerance would mean. Um, but it sounds like they don't do that. So those statements contradict each other. I don't like that. Um, they also wrote, they want to take the time to thank me for bringing these concerns to our attention. It's members like you who help keep eBay a safe marketplace to buy and sell. Once again, of course, eBay can't monitor all of the messages that take place between buyers and sellers, but it is not my responsibility to keep eBay a safe marketplace to buy and sell. That's on them, their policies and their enforcement of those policies. 
So I'm not surprised. This is kind of a typical sort of corporate response, uh, but I am disappointed. And all I can say is that, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't happen again. But if and when it does, I will be bringing it to the attention of these same people over and over and over again um, and continuing to lobby for uh, better enforcement of policies and better training of the customer service representatives who have to deal with these types of situations because it, they are the front lines and they need to be confident and well-trained to take the right action. All right. Now on to our Canadian content. So this week's just the tip again, it's all about selling on ebay.ca versus ebay.com. A lot of um, what I'm about to say would also apply to Poshmark. So we've had Poshmark in Canada for about three years um, and Canadian sellers are also able to sell on poshmark.com. It works a little bit differently, um, but I think it has some similar advantages, although I can't speak for Poshmark specifically yet because I have not opened my US store on Posh. Um, but anyway, I did promise some Canadian content. So let's talk a little bit about um, the situation with Canadian sellers selling on eBay. So a lot of Canadian sellers start out selling on eBay.ca because it is the Canadian eBay site. And some of them don't even know that they can log into .com with the same login credentials and just start listing on .com. Um, .com is more advantageous than .ca, that's the thesis of this Just the Tip segment. Um, you will make more money selling on .com than on .ca. It is where most buyers search, so most of them are just going to go to the main ebay.com website to look for things. And regardless of where you're selling, 75% or so of your sales are going to be to the USA anyway, so there's no reason to create additional barriers to those buyers. Now, yes, you may have heard your .ca listings will appear in search on .com. However, um, it's not always clear whether the algorithm works quite as well for search and whether the visibility of your listings would be quite the same, um, as well as when American buyers looking on .com are seeing your .ca listings, the prices are converted from Canadian to US dollars. And so the pricing can look odd to Americans who are used to seeing prices ending in like 99 cents, 99, 98 cents, et cetera. If they see like, you know, $42.57 or something, it's like the converted pricing that looks a little bit weird. So it's just, um, it's just kind of not what, what we're used to seeing with pricing. Um, Americans also will be, and rightfully so, concerned about currency conversion fees. So even if they are aware that you're in Canada, which not all of them are when they're doing the searching. Um, but if they are aware that you're in Canada, they might be concerned about currency conversion costs. They might be concerned about duty and import costs. Um, however, they don't usually need to worry about duty or customs because the threshold for Americans bringing merchandise into the US from Canada is $800. So unless they're spending more than $800 with you, it won't be a problem. You can tell them that and you can put it in your listing templates. That's what we do. Uh, and the currency conversion fees are going to depend on their method of payment. So there's not a whole lot you can do to help them with that, except for to ask them to look at their um, payment processor, whoever they use, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, to find out exactly what the fees will do or will be. Um, so that's kind of some of the some of the barriers that some U.S. seller or U.S. buyers might see when they're looking at your Canadian listings, but you should still be listing on .com um, because that's where most of the Americans are going to be searching. Now, a couple of downsides of .com, um, it, when you're selling to Canadian buyers who realize you're in Canada, they may be upset that they can't purchase in Canadian funds. Um, and 
the other downside is that you have to use flat rate shipping. You can't use calculated shipping um, for most destinations. Um, and so what a lot of us do in Canada is we sort of say, okay, well, here's all my items that are like going to have a shipping weight of two pounds. And what's that rate to the furthest destination? So for us in Vancouver, that could be like Florida or Puerto Rico. If you're out in Ontario, Quebec, Newfoundland, you might look at what the shipping rate would be for your parcel to like Los Angeles and just price your flat rate shipping based on that. So if you happen to be shipping closer to, um, to where you live and it costs less, then you win on shipping um, or you can give the buyer a partial refund if you choose to. Um, Canadians will also see international as the only shipping method. So even the, that can confuse them if they see like, oh, wait, hey, I'm in Edmonton, you're in Vancouver. Why does it say international shipping on your listings? And then you kind of have to just explain to them that that's, eBay only has a certain amount of um, things that you can choose from the drop-down menus. And they all imply that it's international shipping, even though it's not. And the only reason it does that is because you are listing on .com. So I recommend selling on .com. It's easy to overcome these barriers for the Canadians who will buy from you. And a lot of sellers will say that a, quite a minority of their sales come from Canada anyway. Um, if you like to brand your store as Canadian, or some people do, that's kind of neat. I mean, you can niche that way if you want, but know that there are just so many more buyers in the USA and they want a lot of the same things that Canadians do. Um, so your bigger market is going to be there and you will make more sales. Uh, to the US by selling on .com. In vintage and collectibles, there is not a clear advantage to limiting your market to Canadians or really pushing that you're a Canadian brand, unless you're building your own separate list of just Canadian buyers, maybe using email marketing like I discussed in episode four, and target them with specific offers. Um, so you can kind of work with Canadian buyers specifically if you if you want to, but I wouldn't recommend it if you're wanting to scale or grow your business. And of course, that's what this podcast is all about. So don't be afraid of .com. Just log in. If you haven't listed on .com before, just log in with your regular ebay.ca credentials and start poking around in there. The listing form might look a little different, um, but most of the processes for getting your listings up are relatively the same. You just have to figure out the flat rate shipping to all the various destinations in US dollars um, and set up those policies so that they uh, they will work for you. All right, that's it for this week's Just a Tip. Uh, next week, I might continue with my discussion of selling during a recession or during massive inflation, um, or I might switch to some uh, episodes about sourcing. I'm getting a lot of questions about how to source, um, and a lot of people say that there really is no clear advice out there on how to source more profitably. Um, so I think I'll start getting into that in future episodes. So stay tuned. Remember, we are always buying. If you know of somebody in the Vancouver area selling a collection of just about anything or getting rid of an estate, we are always interested in purchasing it. So be sure to connect us and I will reward you handsomely for your efforts. Um, please leave us a review on Apple comment on YouTube, share this podcast with your friends, um, and really try to get the word out there about this. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week.